Hello, Terry Ann. Hey, Eloise. I was uh, concerned whether that invite came or not, but there you go. <laughs> Sounds good. All right, folks. So today we're going to talk about loneliness. Mm. And uh, different people have different experiences. Um, one of the things that I was thinking as you brought up the topic, Eloise, was that, you know, the way our society is um, is constructed now, uh, there's more, it seems to me, more loneliness. I don't know the stats on it. Yeah, absolutely. But, you know, I could imagine, you know, when I was growing up, it was all about trying to find time to be alone. You know, you, you always had family, community, when you think of those small villages mm. or where everyone knows your business. <laughs> everyone know when you're in the toilet. Uh, they know everything. <laughs> you you can't have, a, you know, a boyfriend. Everybody's, you know, talking about you or a girlfriend, vice versa. In those days, it was worse for the woman, you know, because the woman could get pregnant um, even this this idea that we have, um, right, uh, you know, that, that we can abort a fetus quite uh, readily. Uh, there isn't uh, so much risk. There's also, you know, lots of different methods of birth uh-huh. control. Um, and there are people who use abortion as birth control as well. And, you know, you're not going to be stuck with that stigma or or whatever that stigma is gone now of course you know culturally it'll depend what culture you're in i mean uh, there's still the older cultures where you know you'd be sent off to get married or shunned from the community if you got pregnant Mm. there's still cultures like that and you know we're not so far from that i mean it was in my lifetime that you could be shunned if you got pregnant yeah Yes. Did you say not long ago? I said it wasn't long ago. No, it wasn't. Yeah, it's so it's so recent. It's only you know thirty years ago. We were you know at that time we were coming out of this, Um, but the the idea that women you know could have. Uh, control over their bodies and they didn't have to get pregnant and risk going through uh, risk going through pregnancy and um, you know marrying somebody you don't want to marry or all of these different things Um, it did set a stage well I'm not saying this is the only cause yeah it's just one of the 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 breakdowns of the family and these ideas that we you know our independence is about being alone mm. and a little bit. So I'm just kind of, it's just sort of a theory or a hypothesis that, you know, I can see that even now where girls, let's say that are in their 20s and 30s, they, um, they've already been inculcated in the, uh, this sort of breakdown of the family that that what we fought for in my era has become the norm, but that norm 
is not exactly what was intended. It's like some of it is a failed experiment. Yeah. Does that does that make sense? So the 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 first intent was yes, of course we don't want to you know, we don't want to die in pregnancy. You don't want to um, you know take a a hanger and abort the fetus so that you won't lose the rest of your life because the guy won't marry you and you'll be shunned from the community. You won't get a job, etc. I mean that's horrible. You don't want to live like that. No. Right? Um, or give up your your child just like that or. You know, just all the different things that that we had to do, or you know, were possibilities. So, no, we didn't. You didn't want that. You want, and you also wanted um, the freedom to do what you wanted to do with your body, um, like the freedom to dress the way you want. But now there's the freedom to dress the way you want, but we've still got this weird very ancient idea that still comes through a lot of women that they should be taken care of by men. Mm. So, so if you're going to wear a mini skirt in our time, you took the risk. You knew what the risks were when you went out in the world. You knew that um, there's a possibility there could some, be somebody off his rocker, mm. right? Uh, if you got drunk and other people, there were guys that are drunk and girls that are drunk, you took responsibility for being drunk and the consequences of that action. It wasn't like now it's the guy's fault all the time. If a girl is drunk and the guy is drunk and, and they have sex, it's the guy's fault. Really, right? You know, it's, it's based on really terrible stereotypes about men. The men always want sex that you, you don't know that. No. You know, you, you have no idea if that's true or not. Uh, you have no idea if a man's first sexual experience um, is alcohol induced with some girl he might not even like. You, you don't know if that's okay for him or not. Um, but but men are kind of what do you call it? Um, yes, yeah, stereotyped into these positions. Now I'm not saying there aren't you know bad guys out there, just as there are bad girls out there, and we know statistically that you know on the on the bell curve of things there there's this this area where no matter what men are going to be more violent or blah 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 but generally speaking you know those guys are pretty like normal and if you get drunk and you sleep with someone it's it's not the movies yeah <laughs> it's not the movies uh you know people often think it's like the movies it's not like the movies <laughs> you know people have feelings and uh and yeah maybe men can can sleep with more women than women can sleep with men that can be physiological we've got that oxytocin that comes out and we want to nest right away um except after menopause you don't necessarily feel that you really have to really like the person you don't just sleep with someone and the oxytocin comes out and you're like nesting <laughs> right so i know this is kind of elaborate but yeah um we could we could elaborate on the the cultural uh, shift in uh, consciousness. Yeah, I think about a... the world. And... Sorry. Yeah, it's cutting out a little bit. I'm speaking slowly enough for you to cut in. So <laughs> please go ahead. I was just going to say, like culturally as well. Now with our mobile phones and all our social media, we're more connected to anyone than we've ever been. But also with that comes like singularity. 
because you see people. Well, and it's 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 connected by wires, yeah. but not contact. No, I can't go and give someone a hug. <laughs> My friend moves to Australia. Right, I can still talk to her every day and see what she's doing via Facebook or whatever. But uh, you know that physicality of going, oh, do you want to pop and go and have a coffee? Can't do that anymore. <laughs> well, also, you know, one of the things I I often think about is, um, you know, how uh, I don't know adults do this too, but I, I think of it when in the younger days, you know, you think about there's a guy you like, yeah, and you make up a script in your head about how that script's going to go the next time you meet him, yeah. Right, so it's like I, I, I can hardly remember these scripts, but <laughs> I'll try and make it up. You know, I'm so ancient now that I don't remember, but um, I still have some. Yeah, <laughs> you know, the, yeah, like I'm gonna meet him and I'll say this, then he'll say that, and then we'll, you know, we'll end up romantically in some kind of embrace or whatever, right? So anyway, so, <laughs> you, so you, I'm sure most of, most of you know that that script, and. Um, What's interesting about that is when you're texting, you can edit out so much. Yeah. You can pay attention to something else. You can ignore that person till yeah. you're ready to speak. Um, you can, you know, like if I'm, if it's work hour, I don't speak to close friends during work hour because I'm going to be abrupt. You know, I'm going to be like monosyllabic. So I don't like to answer them. Mm. You know, I don't, if it's something urgent or whatever, yes. But I don't like to say, tell them how I am in the middle of my work day because I'm working yeah. and I'm in work mode. So I wait till, you know, my time off, which happens very rarely. Yeah, wait till time off and I'm rested. That's That's even rarer. And uh, be able to talk to them uh, qualitatively. Yeah. Because yeah. quantity to me doesn't make a friendship. No, it's the quality of it. It, it really is I'm the quality. the same. Like even phoning my sister or my parents or my best friends. I want to do it when I'm feeling rested. And I've got the time and the space to do it and not be, oh, I've got to be somewhere or I've got to do something. Right, unless it's something that you're com or uncommunicating. Yeah, like unless it's practical needs to be stuff. But yeah, practical stuff. But um, you know, if it's conversation, I just don't want to do it while I'm doing something else. And and social media is so much that way. You can just run through everything very quickly. And of course, when reality sets in, meaning you're you're face to face with someone, and you're starting a relationship. Mm. You don't, you haven't had all that experience, right? Because a lot of people move out early, they get their own apartment, um, they're, you know, creating their lives. If, you know, once school's over and you start working and you're alone and there's this social media and this going out. Now, with without the family, because we're not getting married, mm -hmm. so we leave our family. Yeah. That family is, you know, causes conflict and conflict is where we learn to, well, that's where we transmute um, our ignorance into wisdom, basically, if we have conflict. If you can seal yourself off, well, what conflict are you going to have? Well, 
you know, you'll have con. That's the loneliness, yeah. right? There's yeah. the conflict. That's so true. Yeah. There's your loneliness, and and the loneliness rises up, and you're in conflict with loneliness, supposedly. But it seems to me, you know, for the moment as we're going through this, because I haven't gone through it, it's uh, really organizing my no, thoughts now. No, through this topic at you. <laughs> yeah. So. So just looking at that, that loneliness, being alone, um, you know, the fear of uh, death. A friend of mine reminded me of this, you know, when I was in my 40s and living alone, I thought, geez, I'm traveling around the world. I don't tell people where I'm going. Nobody yeah. has a clue. You know, if I die on the way, who's going to know? Right? I think your mom might notice, <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> well, they might notice, but they won't know right away, right? You no. Know? Yeah. So it's like, oh, make sure of- you... You know, Bridget Jones, where she has yes. that whole set where she's, you know, she's going to die alone and get eaten by Alsatians. <laughs> right, okay, she did that too. That I'm going to fall and down I'm... the stairs trying to put something in my lift when I, in my loft exactly. when I live on my own and I'm going to eat them by Alsatians. Don't know how they're going to get into my flat. <laughs> well, it's all, it's all ridiculous anyway. Somebody's yeah. going to smell it. <laughs> going to smell the dead body eventually, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah somebody's going to notice, but I don't think that's the problem. Um, The problem seems to um, actually be um, this greater picture where we've broken down the family. Yeah. And we also have a sense of arrogance once we're out on our own. Look at me. I've done it. I'm independent. Yeah. As though, as though independence is some kind of virtue um, when independence is is held on a string or an elastic, yeah. and its its counterpart is dependency, so it, it it's a directional um, uh, paradox or, yeah. or duality. Right? I've so, been told off many times by friends that I'm too needy if I actually want to hang out with them, and I'm like, do you know what I mean? It's like it's one extreme and the other, and I've had situations where. I've had girlfriends who wrung me every day and I'm like, oh my word, you're being too needy. You know, <laughs> it's just like you want to push them away. This is years ago and it's just like, it's insane. Right. So I don't understand why they would call you needy because they don't want to hang out every day. Is that their... Well, just like any time I, like, I was around, they go, oh, go away, you're being too needy. And it's like, well, it's obviously their stuff. But it, you know, it made me question: Was I being too needy? With- well, well, you know, maybe, maybe not. But the interesting thing is, uh, when you look at yourself, is why, why would you have those friendships? Yeah, it's interesting. Like, right? So, if somebody <laughs> would tell you something, you're being too needy. Um, that's a pretty powerful statement. Um, you know, and I would say, in what way am I being needy? You know, what is it that, because you don't want to run around correcting, uh, let's say, our personalities. I'm not going to correct my spontaneity. I'm not going to correct my sense of how I'm living in the world. But there could be behaviors that relate to uh, why I'm lonely. And that is, that's a difficult one for people to face. Mm. Right? What is my behavior like that uh, somebody might say it's needy, but uh, you know, I'm, I'm not attracting friendships. I mean, um, you know, if somebody 
talks to me about every little thing their cat does. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I, I don't want to be with them. Yeah. It's, it's not, it's really not interesting. It's, it's, it's Especially almost... if you don't really like cats. <laughs> well, whether you like them or you don't, there could be a cool story. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, not yeah. Like, yeah. It's not like I like cockroaches, but you can always tell a good cockroach story, right? <laughs> good point. You know, um, I'm really sort of tuning into these really, really, you know, dull, dull kind of, oh, my kitten came to the door and was was mewing for me and I looked her in the eyes and I knew exactly what she was thinking. She was just thinking how much she loves me and I'm thinking how much I love her. And this goes on and on for hours. <laughs> you know, um, I, I don't really care what's in yeah. here. This is like fantasy land in someone's head. Now that's that's kind of like living on your own. And the, I often say this is that um, people who live on their own become a bit weird. Wow. You know, Thanks. if you don't have interaction, <laughs> you become a bit weird. And I can say that because I was one of those people. Yeah. Uh, you know, not that I didn't have extended family, but having extended family that's married and friends that are married and people, you know, you're weird. Yeah. Although you know everything you're needs to be expressed. So, yeah. It is odd. I mean, I've lived on my own for years now, but there was definitely, because I work at home a lot of the time as well, I know I used to get into funks where I wouldn't leave my home for like days on end and I'd just be working or, um, and I'd notice myself going a bit la-la. So now I'm practical in that I make sure I go out and I do things and I, you know, don't stay at home for four or five days at a time. It's not healthy. Yeah, that just really kicks me in the head because of this, uh, you know, my back. It's yeah. very difficult for me you to get like, out. And, yeah. you know, so my, my, what I've done to kind of break from that is make sure that my office space, it actually kind of closes and opens. Like, I, oh, yeah. I, I, if I'm hanging out, um, with my husband, you know, watching a film or something. I can't get into my office. Like, it, it would have to be a big production. I'd have to move actual furniture to get into the office. Oh, okay. So, you know, at six, at six o'clock, I actually close it. So the rest of the house uh, becomes kind of an enjoyment. I can't, of course, I can't wait till the spring where I can go go outside. And, of course, hopefully. Yeah. Maybe I'll, I'll be able to walk again, you know, with some of the stuff that I'm doing. So, so that'll improve things. So I think there are ways to, um, you know, this gets into a topic of masculine and feminine, right? The, the feminine goes with the flow of things and the masculine has structure. And the masculine structure actually supports the feminine to do what she needs to do. Um, if you let the feminine, as you're saying, that it felt damaging to you that you stayed in the house, it didn't seem healthy, well, that's your feminine doing what she wants. And, um, yeah, you could say it both ways or the masculine going too far, you know, staying in a particular structure and a mode and a consistency. It could be either of those things, right? Uh, you'd have to make a little examination. It's really... 
you know, getting that feminine and masculine uh, to both be operating and supporting each other. And of course, you don't know if you're feminine and masculine. You can fake it all day long. Um, but if you don't have relationships to catalyze you, um, people to disrupt your world, uh, you have no idea where you're at. <laughs> yeah. You know, people can disrupt and you have no, um, you could be enlightened and, and feeling great about it. That's wonderful. Uh, but, you know, we need that conflict. Now, that's not to say we don't get it because we can get conflict in business. So I have a great story when I, you know, I'd been living alone for a really long time. And, um, you know, I'm sitting, I think it's like, probably midnight you know I was working 24 7 in those days I would take a nap wake up and just continue working internationally or locally or whatever so just I had you know a, a very strong practice in in massage and Reiki and classes and I was teaching classes internationally and I was doing body I mean it just goes on and on what I was doing yeah. so I could just go um, 24 hours if I wanted to and this one particular evening, it's it's really like late, it's 12 p.m. and I'm taking my messages. Now it's, you know, the when you, you call your voicemail, uh, this was a landline, you know, this business phones. And, you know, I had the, the number was four numbers that you had to punch yeah. to get to the voicemail. So I punched the four numbers and um, we have it in two languages because we're in Quebec, French and English. Mm -hmm. And she says, uh, I'm sorry but you've uh, made a mistake in the number. Please try again. Désolé, vous avez trompé de numéro. So I'm just making a point yeah. that it's twice I'm hearing yes. this. Mm -hmm. Right? <laughs> so, you know, I'm, I'm tired, obviously. It's almost midnight. I punch in again. And something inside says, I think you punched it wrong again. I was rushing and tired. And I hear her say, I'm sorry you're having so much trouble try again <laughs> so I'm like, okay so to you know hang up then i punch the number again and now i'm a little bit nervous yeah and a little bit rushy and tired and kind of shaky and i hear her say i'm sorry you're such an idiot uh, try again wow. you know and then i just start it starts elaborate and i think i did this like five times and you know she's saying that i'm stupid and incompetent and I'm just hearing all this stuff. And of course, she will I know she's not saying yeah. that. In that moment, it was so, this was one of the most fascinating moments of my life because I could hear her saying these words and the other part of me said, I know she's not saying them. It really just like the reality that I was perceiving was so clear in my mind mm. that my mind was making up these words. Wow. Um, but I could hear them. I could hear that it was so weird. I was I was actually like just observing this weirdness. So you can create your own you conflict, can create of consciousness of conflict. <laughs> yeah, you, you can. You can, you know, I could have had a conflict, and for me, it was sort of a realization of how my filters um, are my reality. Yeah, and it was clear to me that that was a filter, and I thought it was reality. So after that. It just stopped, right? And I went, wow, you know, the mind can create so much. Mm. So yes, your mind can create things. But loneliness is, is 
is so, in a way, I think, complex because it's related to the structure of your entire life. Mm. I don't know what you think, but, you know, when I, when I think of people being lonely and they'll say, I'm really lonely, my problem is loneliness. Well, you know, the, the first things that come with is you can't, you don't know how to have a relationship. That's why you're lonely. You don't know how to relate to people because if you knew how to relate to people, you'd make a friend in a second. Yeah. It, it, it doesn't like long. That might not be a good friend, but you, you would go out and start meeting people. And then you'd go through this process of trial and error, which people forget. It's like, that's another thing about society is it's, it's as though trial and error should disappear and you should have utopia upon um, entry into a relationship. You meet, even if you just meet somebody who's going to be a friend, it should be perfect. Yeah. You know, and, and, and the moment they do something wrong, you're like, well, Next. you know, I'm going to get rid of this friend or I did, you could go into an abyss of, you know, what did I do to make them do that? Mm. Which would mean you could be stuck with a narcissist and you think you're at fault for their behavior. So that's horrible. And you end up lonely anyway. And then there's the, the other idea that, well, my friend just did this. And uh, like, I see girls dating all the time. I went out with the guy. I didn't like the way he ate. I went out with the guy. I don't like the way he dresses. Yeah. I went out with the guy. and He, he didn't pay. Uh, I went out with him and he did pay. Yeah. I went out with him and he, <laughs> he didn't help. Uh, he right wanted to split. What, whatever it is yeah. there, there's so many there's so many intricate rules and re- regulations within each individual right it's not this is not necessarily collective some people will agree on what they think someone else should do like a girl might agree on what a guy should do guys might agree on what girls should do but when you go into the details of a person's need in a relationship um, neediness and I'm talking about rigid neediness mm. um, every formula uh, it generally is going to be the same and based on the same beliefs but man there's so many details and I, I hear these details all the time people will give me yeah but he did this and that the details and they get so involved and and tied up in the details but you don't understand because when I said this he said that yeah. It's like, who cares? Yeah. He's yeah. a human being. Did you have fun? You have to ask, you have to ask questions. Yeah. Well, even, even, not even did you have fun. Really um, they're obviously not having fun. Yeah. They're obviously, uh, it seems self-evident that the moment there's a complaint about it, the fun isn't even an issue, right? The, 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 the first part is, is the unwillingness to, to step into a dangerous territory and that dangerous territory could be just asking a question Let, let's say you looked at your friends who said you were needy and you turn around and say well what exactly is needy to you mm. not what am i doing that's needy what is it what exactly is needy to you and how do you see a friendship what should it look like and you need to have those answers as well like, this is how I see a friendship. This is what I'd like to have. If you disagree, then I won't do that with you. What are your parameters? And that's how I'll deal with you. I don't yeah. really care, right? You know, if somebody tells me I, I don't want you uh, popping by for a visit, which I don't do, but... Um, yeah, if you just you pop know, by for a visit, I'd be surprised. 
<laughs> yeah, you would be. <laughs> um, but let's say that's what someone wanted, yeah. is someone who pops by. And there are people who do that, yeah. that just pop by, right? Um, uh, and you don't like it. Yeah. Well, that's not a person that should be your friend if they like to pop by. Yeah. You know, without calling. Now you can't do that. You, It's too too difficult because we have these phones and you can text and you know you, you can be in someone's area and text them and see if they're available right yeah oh so that's so interesting how vastly life has changed because of this technology mm. you know i can think in the old days of, of and i do know some people who don't actually have phones yeah. so it might be essential that they pop by right yeah. Um, pardon me otherwise you'd never see them (laughs) or you know you wouldn't know what was going on or um you know they might have a landline phone but they don't have something i was gonna say we have to have a landline so um but my brain's going to like is some of this defensiveness for avoiding conflict like when we, well, I would say so. You know, I'm not saying that. Well, not always, but. Well, I am saying this. I actually am. I'm saying that uh, loneliness is is it can be a defense. Yeah. Right. It, I'm not. It's not the only thing. It, it it's a state, obviously, but it's a defense against having a relationship, learning how to relate to people. Uh, you, you know, say, okay, I'm lonely because I'm shy and I don't know how to relate to people. Um, sure, but, you know, out of the hundreds of shy people I've met, people will approach them and don't really care that they're shy, um, but they will turn away and I'll say, well, why aren't you hanging out with them? They really wanted to hang out with you. No, no, I don't think they would really like me. So there's your defense, mm. right? So, if you're shy, there are plenty of people who like shy people. They don't have any problem. They don't have a problem sitting in a room and you're quiet and you have nothing to say. Or Some people just don't care yeah. whether you're shy. Mm-hmm. Shy is just one thing. It's not important. That you think you're unlikable is a whole other topic. <laughs> yeah. and, and that you would, somebody says they like you and you say, well, I'm unlikable. That's a defense. Mm. You're not even opening up to the possibility of being liked. Yeah. So, or, you know, a lot of lonely people say, well, why don't you join some groups? Yeah. Oh, I can't, I can't be bothered. Yeah. You know, the, the, you can start to really see the defenses once you, you know, I love this idea of the asking questions, right? Mm. Yeah. Yes. Questions of people. And it, it's really quite simple um, to from the questions to deduce uh, whether they're defensive or not. Yeah. And in all likelihood, loneliness would have to be a result of childhood traumas. It would have to be a result of, um, you know, the incapacity to, I would say, relate to others. Mm. I can't relate because there are plenty of people out there that are lonely. Yeah. Then and I also agree with you. You you said like some people said you're needy, and that could be theirs, but it could be yours. Maybe they just don't like your behavior. How do you know if your behavior is something uh, people would um, 
And I'm not talking about people controlling your natural spontaneity. I'm talking about people saying that a certain behavior is socially unacceptable. Mm. We are we are allowed to do that. So let's say, I'll use a really extreme example. Let's say you always had a little um, pin in your hand. And you like to go around sticking the pin in people, even <laughs> drawing blood with that pin. Nice. It sounds ridiculous, but we don't we don't realize that, like like, um, you know, you you. It's not to take away your freedom; it's to have respect for someone else. Like, if you're wearing a perfume that is abrasive, somebody else might go, "I'm allergic to it. I have to move away from you." Yeah. Or, you know, when you hang out with me, do you mind? No way. You know, not wearing the perfume. Otherwise, we're not going to meet up. Yeah. It's not going to work. They're not taking away your freedom. We're just finding a way that we can better communicate if it's that simple. Um, it's not, you know, someone controlling everything you do. Mm. Does that make yeah, sense? Yeah, yeah. Right? There's a fine line between where, yeah, what where behavior can be. And, and also you can request something, right? Yeah. You know, I like Jordan Peterson says, has one of his chapters, which I'm not going to go through analysis of it, but the, the chapter, it, it, you know, he says, don't let your kids do things that um, will make you not like them. Yeah. You should like your kids. Because <laughs> if you like your kids, then they go out in the world and they're likable. Yes. Which is good for them. Mm-hmm. It's a good, good way to survive in the world. Um, it's a good way to work in the world is to be likable. Yeah. Uh-huh. Now, you know, we could go. But, yeah. We're, we're not talking about. You know, we're talking about simple things that it's not, not um, going to this extreme where you're controlling yeah. everything a child does, etc. That's a whole other dysfunction, right? Um, so this is a fine line. Mm. You know, it's even a good idea to ask somebody because your kid might be super likable and you're not. And you're trying to turn your kid into you. I mean, you, 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 <laughs> you, need, to, you need to check in with yourself. But if your child is you know, picking its nose and putting it on people, it, it's not good for them. No, that's not. It's not, it's not a good behavior. <laughs> if kids are having tantrums, it's not a good thing. But people do have tantrums. Yeah. Right? As adults, grown, we're like I children. saw a grown adult have a tantrum a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, and I'm just kind of thinking, yeah, what kind of tantrum? What do you mean? Well, you want, um, someone said no to her. And that was a new thing, I think. So she actually had a tantrum. Like screaming and yelling on the floor? Practically. Well, she wasn't actually lying on the floor. But it was amazing to watch. I was like, wow. It wasn't, I wasn't interacting with them. I was just observing it. Right. Mm. I kind of think of, uh, I mean, I use the word tantrum, but I could say that in a general sense, not this physical screaming and yelling kind of thing. I'm, I'm not exactly sure what you meant, but, um, you know, if, uh, if a guy, you know, doesn't do exactly what a woman wants, she might sit for a long time blabbing at how awful he is. And, you know, she wants to break up with him and et cetera, et cetera. And she talks to all her friends. I, you know, I see that as a tantrum. Yeah. 
Mm. You know, I'm being a little, um, you know, I'm just expanding the, the, the use of the word, but I suppose our overreactions are these tantrums as well. Yeah, definitely. Right. Mm. Yeah, we definitely go in these tantrum-y like uh, places. Yeah. It's, it's, it's really, you know, and, and some of it is tragic because it's so based in, in, in wounds that are received in childhood and it's hor- horrible and I have compassion for that woman who lives all by herself with her cats and, um, you know, has a, has a relationship with her cats and has decided what her cats think and what they say, which is really what she's thinking. And saying. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, you know, running around the world and, and, and uh, claiming loneliness and self-justification for everything that they do. Mm. Right. Yeah. So, and, and we do this often, right. When it comes to, you know, every time I've, I've heard I'm lonely and you bring up possible practical actions, the defenses are huge. Yeah. Even, even oh, I've tried I, that. Oh, I've tried that. Oh no, I've done that. Oh no, that didn't work. Oh. Yeah. And it doesn't, even just hearing someone say, I've tried that. The, the the place they're coming from, the the way they're saying it already tells you that it's not thoughtful. Mm. You know, if if I said, oh, you're suggesting this to me, well, I've tried it. Can we just go through what I was doing and maybe you can help me out where maybe I've been contracted or held back or maybe I need some more ideas. Yeah. Because uh, I just can't think of what else to do. So here I am, a member of this group, and you know I've been going week after week, and no one talks to me, mm. and uh, I don't know why. Well, do you talk to them? Well, I I say hello. Tell me exactly how you say hello. Yeah. Hello. Hello. Nope. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> why don't we practice saying hello yeah. with a smile? Yeah. You know, that is welcoming. Why don't we practice that together? Yeah, that says, come and talk to me. I'm available. Um, yeah, or oh. I'm, I'm open yeah. to, to speaking to yeah. you. Even that much, right? And, you know, there's this, I forget, it's a TED Talks, you know, this woman who um, does postural exercises before you go for an interview cool. or before you're going to speak that actually t- change your your. I would say your brain chemistry. Mm. So she has you sit in a chair with your arms out to the side, right? Legs splayed, knees slightly bent, a big smile, you know, shoulders back, or, you know, stand and put your arms up in the air in a raw position with a big smile, right? Yeah. And and just do these things to, because if you, you know, sometimes I'll sit over the computer my shoulders are hunched and um, I'm working, 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 working. And I have a session and all of a sudden I become super insecure and contracted and feel as though um, I can't receive. And I just look and say, okay, so what have you been doing? So you're sitting here, I look at my posture, so I stand up, put my arms in the air, stretch, go get some water, move around, 
And of course, oh, I can't wait to do this session. You know, yeah. just can't wait to do that. Um, because the other position was I'm closed in, I'm quiet, I'm alone. Mm. Right? Yeah. And then the other position is, okay, here I am. I'm ready for you. Yeah. You know, I've dropped the other stuff, left it behind. And I'm not saying you use this as a coping mechanism. By the way, I will keep reiterating that. These are things you can do and see if it changes things. Yeah. If you're, awesome. you know, and really, really live into it. Mm. Really invest in it. A lot of people just do things superficially and rush off saying that's what's going to work. No, you need to feel the experience of it working right away. Mm. Right? That you already feel, like notice how your body changes, your posture changes. Notice the releasing that's going on. I mean, I'm not saying that's what you're going to feel, but, you know, I'm doing this as I'm talking to you and I can feel even, you know, why didn't I do this before? You know, I wasn't working that long at the computer, but if I'd done this, my voice would have been a little clearer than it has been during this call. Uh, my my arms already in the heart center mm. are opening up. You know, I feel the abdomen and diaphragm taking in a better breath. Yeah. My brain is thinking better, right? So here we have immediate um, kind of, what is it? Immediate response, physiological response that is changing things within me. Even how my brain, my eyes are even clearer. Um, I had to clean my glasses. And even after I cleaned them, I still couldn't see very well. And my eyes are clearer, <laughs> obviously. There's oxygen. Yeah. The, the body is stretched. I'm, my body is completely erect now. I'm sitting, you know, properly on the sits bones. So, you know, just something this simple before you go out. You know, before you you talk to people, just really get the physiology into it and practice. Mm. Right? Keep doing this every day if that's the problem. Now, it's not going to change someone who's shy into being extroverted. No, but at least it's going to get you to get beyond that. It's impossible for someone who's shy to say hello to people. Mm. You know, it might be against a little bit against your nature, but or someone says hello to you and you smile back, even if it's a smaller, not a beaming, extroverted, you know, big bear hug kind of smile. Right. I know that I'm I'm that way. Big bear hug, huge smile, Ridiculous. you know, <laughs> big grabby, holdy, yeah. you know, and I know over as I age that not everyone likes that. Yeah. So I'm very cautious, very cautious with people who don't like it, right? Mm -hmm. I'm careful. I, I make sure I'm not over um, invading their space. And that is not a curtailment of myself. Yeah. I am happy to adjust my energy for someone else because I, I, I for myself, feel it's important that I can relate to people mm. and care for people. I don't mean every single thing in my life I monitor. Um, that's that's just not possible. But, you know, certain things I can kind of go, hey, you're too much, right? Mm. I know I talk a lot too. I can take over. No. It's my, you know, it's very Gemini, you know, <laughs> arms moving, kind of talking. Um, the Italian. Okay. Um, there's part of my personality that... Uh, that might be a little difficult that, that I try to be careful of, but I don't 
you can tell I don't suffer fools gladly, right? Yeah. I'm not good at small talk. I'm really not good at small talk, right? So terrible at it. Um, it irritates me. I'd rather just sit and not say anything. Yeah. Rather than not small talk than just chat. Yeah. About nothing. Exactly. So um, that's fine, you know. And you you select and choose choose people as you go along, and sometimes you're going to need to do things that um, you don't like to relate to others, but that doesn't mean they can, they have to enter your life. Again, it's trial and error and your boundaries Mm. will be, because boundaries are so flexible, they'll be very different with different people. Yeah. There's some people you're going to let in really close. Some people you're not going to for whatever the reasons are. Uh, in that case. So I think we've just touched on loneliness. Um, I'd love to hear any commentary people have and we could kind of delve in a little bit more into this topic yeah. and see what Eloise has to say with her experiences. <laughs> How does that sound? Yeah, next time. Let's dig in a bit more. Yes. All right. Perfect. We will do that. Well, thank you, everyone, and have a great week. Yeah. Bye. Week. Bye.